This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks and the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. Thanks for joining me on a Friday. Yeah, it's college basketball season. I'm enjoying it as much as you, and there are other Sawdust Podcast Network programs that can take care of that for you, too, including our Fade the Noise program with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Nate, usually our hockey expert who's with us today, is on that beat, so I'm going to take you through a Friday the last at least weekday before the trade deadline on Monday afternoon. So we're going to look at three games involving some of these teams. And we will start things off with the news, of course, that Brandon Hagel of the Blackhawks traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a pair of first-round picks and more. So the Lightning make a major move to go ahead and increase their opportunity to win the Stanley Cup once again. They are only four points behind the Florida Panthers for the best record in the entire Eastern Conference. And that will matter soon enough, as you'll see. We'll start in Buffalo. We'll start with Buffalo, pardon me, who was in Calgary to play the Flames tonight. Buffalo, of course, having an awful season and terrible on the road, 9-17 and 4. Calgary, of course, having a great season. Calgary 37-16 and 7, including a terrific record at home of 19-5 and 5. They lead the Pacific Division now by five points. That doesn't mean they haven't put the pedal to the metal, though, when you're talking about the trade situation. The Flames earlier in the week had Kelly Yarncroc from the Seattle Kraken uh, trying to get more aggressive. They had a Tavik Toffoli last month. They're continuing to push for a major role in these Western Conference playoffs, potentially the avalanche over in the Central and this team in Calgary. On the other side, it may end up being a teams that meet in the Western Conference Final. So the arms race when it comes to this trade deadline continues. But when it looks at this night's game, that changes the dynamic in no way, shape, or form, with the exception, of course, of Yarncroc. The other thing that matters the most is that these Sabres just lost last night, and they lost badly to the Edmonton Oilers 6-1. to They have now lost a streak of, of... uh, a couple of games here. This hasn't been particularly good for the Sabres. Four and six in their last ten. It's as but it's as good as they played for the majority of the year, but it's not particularly impressive. Calgary uh, rested at home, charged up with their new players. As you can imagine, they are heavy favorites on the money line. A minus four twenty-five. You're not going to be able to touch that. So what do we normally do? Well, we can look at the sixty-minute line pick the Flames to win. Well, that's still a minus 265, so not a lot you can look at there. These teams have only played one time, and it was all the way back in November when the Flames shot out the Sabres 5-0, to zero. so that's not a lot of help either. Look, the Flames are at home. The Sabres are on the second night of a back-to-back. This one is easy. The problem is trying to find out where to make a little bit of money. Now, the Flames on the puck line, minus 1.5, are still a minus 160. Five. That is just remarkable. So when you're trying to go somewhere and try to find something which you might be able to do, that's the part that ends up being very, very tricky. Well, in this case, I'm going to go ahead and spin it to a player prop. And I will do that by taking a look at the number one guy in scoring on Calgary. That would, of course, be Johnny Gaudreau. And when you look at the numbers for Gaudreau, I'm not thinking necessarily of a goal because of course he's not 
necessarily the best goal scorer. He's plenty good, but what he's great at is handing out helpers. 52 assists, part of his 79 points. He has 27 goals. It's not bad. Elias Lindholm leads the team with 30, but it is the assists that really show off, and with a team that is so much better and rested and beat the Sabres 5-0, I am going to take Johnny Gaudreau on an over 1.5 points. So whether it's goals, assists, what have you, power plays, you name it, 1.5 over on the points, Johnny Gaudreau is a plus 140. For me, that's the way I'm going to go with it. That makes the most sense. If you'd like to be able, if you're at a, a place that will let you do it, you'd like to be able to at least uh, put a little bit like a Flames win or a Flames on the puck line with the Gaudreau bet, you might be able to do a little bit more with it. Likely, if you take them on a money line, your numbers are going to go down. So that's where I'm going with this one. For the Sabres, there is really not a lot to look for on this one. The other thing you could take a look at, I guess, is the over-under, but that ends up being really tricky because the Flames could score a lot of goals in this game. That They obviously scored five the first time they played. They're rested. They're at home. That could be a, a very one-sided affair. So I don't know if the even the over-under is a good one to touch tonight. So it, it really is uh, a tough one to look at. Now, over at DraftKings, if you'd like to be so bold, if you think the Flames will shut out the Sabres again, that is a plus 500 tonight. I can honestly say it's probably more likely than you would think plus 500 might be. So it wouldn't completely shock me. And I wouldn't be necessarily afraid to just throw a little bit on it for fun because I think uh, under normal circumstances, uh, betting on a shutout is a little bit crazy. But tonight, believe me, there is a chance. We'll go to our next game, which I mentioned about those uh, Tampa Bay Lightning trades, right? Well, the Florida Panthers, obviously, are paying an awful lot of attention to that because they have the Lightning nipping at their heels. And they are involved, of course, as one of the two destinations most likely for Philadelphia Flyers, Claude Giroux, who played in his 1,000th NHL game with the Flyers just last night. Well, the Panthers played last night as well, and it did not go their way. As a matter of fact, a five-game losing streak by Vegas snapped when they beat the Panthers 5-2-3. The Panthers on the road. Not that that matters, and especially when you look at this matchup, uh, Anaheim's a, a middling team. The Panthers are one of the league's very, very best teams. But they are on a little bit of a, a situation where they're not going with a lot of rest. They're playing with travel. Their travel's not far from Anaheim to, to Vegas. I understand that. But you're playing in a game where you've traveled. You have to go play on that second day, night of a back-to-back, and it makes things a little more difficult. And it's reflected in the money line. Florida is only a minus 215 on the money line, which seems uh, actually pretty fair given the fact the Panthers are that much better but on the second night of a back-to-back but if you're feeling bold the Ducks are a plus 185 on the money line now you want to change things a little bit better you can go to the 60 minute line that's the Panthers at minus 135 if you want to go with the Panthers and quite frankly I do we haven't had a chance to see either of these teams the Panthers are very good they're very high scoring they still scored three last night and lost the goaltending just wasn't good I suspect it will be better and the Ducks goaltending this year has been disappointing. So I think when you're looking at the Panthers, trying to find a way to make that work, this is one of these times where I think I am willing to go ahead and take a look at a little bit of the juice, something I don't love doing, but I don't mind doing when I think the bet is right. And I will take the Panthers on the 60-minute line for that minus 135. If you're one of the places that maybe gives you the old same-game parlay type of thing where you'd like to make it a little more interesting, you could take a look at the 
uh, the goal line because uh, these teams could both score a little bit. Troy Terry having a very, very good year for the Ducks at 52 points this year on a team that just doesn't have a tremendous amount of offense. The over is six and a half. Now, we know the Panthers basically average four per on the second night of a back-to-back. Could they give up two? They could. That one is a little bit tricky. So here's what I tend to do on these things. I, I think there's a possibility that this may end up working. But I look at the total goals, and in this case, I go ahead and I put it at an under six. Now, that means if it goes over six, of course, you're going to lose. But if it stays and if it stays at six, you get a push. But if it does go under, because I think the Panthers are ready to bounce back, you can get yourself a plus 115 on that. I actually do think that the Panthers in the second night of a back-to-back are not going to be that offensively explosive. This could be a three-to-two game. Uh, this could be something of that that level. Could be a four-to-one game. Could be a four-to-two game, in which case it's a push. But in this case, I'd like to give that hook back. I think it goes ahead and protects you. I do think the Panthers are going to come away with the win, but I think it'll be closer than you're usually used to letting it see with this Panthers team. And, of course, keep an eye on whether they obtain Claude Giroux in the next 72 hours. They are considered, in general, the favorite to do so, though that won't have any impact on tonight's game. We look at our final game tonight. That would be the league's best team and Florida's competitor for Claude Giroux. That is the Colorado Avalanche, the best team in the West and the best team overall in the league. They travel to San Jose to take on the Sharks on the nightcap for the NHL schedule tonight. Now, the Sharks, of course, uh, find themselves right in the middle of everything. 26, 26, and 8. Having a mediocre season by its very definition. But that doesn't mean all that much in this current NHL. That puts them second to last in the Pacific, only ahead of the Kraken. That means that even a team playing at 500 at this stage with only 60 points, you're playing out the string. They are not in a position to really capture the wild card uh, with this many games left, and it seems almost unlikely they could do it at all. They're 10 points out of the wild card spot with 22 games to play, and there's a lot of teams to jump in between. So this San Jose Sharks team is playing out the string. They did manage to sign Tomas Hurdle to a long-term contract, and that's a good move, taking him off the potential trade market. But they lost last night to the LA Kings, and they were blanked 3-0. to zero. So now you face the Colorado Avalanche, who have been making trades of their own, adding Nico Sturm from the Wild and adding Josh Manson from the Ducks, who looked terrific in his debut. Sturm should make his debut tonight against the Sharks, and that should change a little bit of the way you see the the Avs roll. In fact, that might probably make them even more explosive offensively. In this case, one of the reasons they obtained Sturm is he's a good face-off man, replacing Tyson Jost, who is one of the team's worst face-off men. So the Avalanche's offense gets a little bit of a bump there as well. This is reflected in the line. The Avalanche, of course, a minus 300 to win tonight on the puck line, a minus 115. Uh, I'm willing to give that up, a minus 115 to take the Avalanche on the puck line. I could absolutely live with that and then you're looking at the over under again you have a six and a half on the over under san jose in this case being shut out just last night playing out the string the avalanche do not have gabriel landeskog they do not have uh, sam gerard there's a lesser scoring there but in this case that does make this an interesting one i'm taking the under that is of course once again one of the ones in which you take a look at it, and that is the favored outcome likely as well. So you're looking at the under being a minus 120. But if you were finding a way to go ahead and get this 
in a situation that makes sense for you, and you wanted to go to a place that can do it, the if you go to the over under for the Avalanche of the Sharks, and you go ahead and can same game parlay that with an Avs on the puck line. Let's put that under at six and a half. Put those together, and now all of a sudden you have the Avs winning on the puck line. The Avs need to win by two, and the and the game in total scoring fewer than seven goals. I think those are likely possibilities, and now you're at a plus. 255. That's where I'm going to go tonight with the Avalanche, who will also be, as mentioned, in the mix for those trades. Next week, when we come back, there will be an opportunity to look at all the trades with our hockey co-host, Nate Lundy, who will be back despite the college basketball duty. But enjoy the hockey this weekend as well. The playoff chases are heating up at the trade deadline, which is basically a holiday in the NHL. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be back next week as well. If you'd like to subscribe, appreciate it. If you uh, have already done so, really appreciate it. You can do that wherever, of course, you're listening to this podcast to make sure you check out everything else that the Sawdust Podcast Network provides. We'll be back with you soon. My name is Sean Drotar. If you'd like to, you can follow me on Twitter, S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks, part of the Sawdust Podcast Network.